see, this is wonderful to be here tonight. Thank you for being here in this cold evening. It's going to get warm in here, amen? And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh my goodness. I remember when you came to visit me. It was wonderful. I remember. It was awesome. Um, praise God. We're going to have a great weekend. Listen, don't let the weather scare you. Come on. We're Canadian, right? We can deal with this. <laughs> All right. So uh, before I get into the message, I do have a word I want to bring you tonight. Uh, I felt God put it on my heart. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a fantastic time too. You don't want to miss one moment of it. God is going to show up in this place. It's important to receive teaching and impartation. I'm huge with impartation. You know, you can receive as a minister is speaking. You can receive as someone lays hands on you. And I believe that this whole weekend you are going to receive something. And I also believe you're going to lose a few pounds too, amen? It's really interesting that your ministry is in the midst of a fast because myself as well, my household and our church, uh, we are in a fast as well. Um, we start usually the 1st of January and we always do a minimum of 21 days, so we're right in the midst of it. So this is wonderful. Um, so let me pray and we're going to get into the word. Father, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. Oh Jesus, surely you're in this place. Father, Lord, I just plead your precious blood right now over every single one of us. And Lord, I'm even asking God, Lord, that you would begin to dispatch even more angels into this sanctuary. Father, Lord, every kind of angel needed, Lord, would you send it now? Lord, I ask God that transformation would happen in this place tonight. Lord, I ask God that your perfect will would be done. And so, Lord, saying that, I ask that you would speak through me, that you'd move through me, that I would not speak one word that is not your will. So, Father, Lord, I surrender afresh tonight. And I do ask, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would just open up eyes and ears and tenderize hearts to hear what you're speaking tonight. Lord, God, that we wouldn't just hear a word and have tickly ears and then leave and not be changed. But, God, something would shift in everybody's life here tonight. I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So everybody have a good Christmas. You know, something we do at Christmas time is we overeat, don't we? And then we go into this fast, at least in my family. And so um, a lot of people, when they're fasting, actually what happens is a, a detox happens. And often people will actually go on detoxes when they're sick, when they need uh, something to change in their body, right? So what happens when we, because tonight, this is what I want to talk to you guys about spiritual detox yeah. about getting a spiritual detox but to understand spiritual detox i just want to talk to you about first a natural detox you know when you do a detox it allows your body to reset it allows you to better better handle stress uh, it helps you to stay energized a detox can allow your liver to clean your body up it gets rid of junk uh, it boosts your immune system, right? Uh, your energy levels go up. Everything is amazing. But sometimes it does get worse before it gets better. So when your body's detoxing, people can get headaches. They can feel sluggish, a little bit of mental fog. I know, I went through it. Coming off the Christmas sweets binge, you know? It's like, whoa, all of a sudden you're eating clean food, you're fasting, you're detoxing, and these things are being eliminated out of your system. Detoxing is good tonight. I'm believing for a spiritual detox to happen. Amen? Are you ready? Okay, so I want to go through 10 different things that I believe we need to detox from spiritually. The first one, if you take notes, uh, is 
I believe we need to detox from unrealistic expectations we put on others. I tell you what, I think we can all do this. We put these unrealistic expectations on another person, and what happens is they don't fulfill the expectation we had, and we get really disappointed. We get really upset. We get really frustrated. Not too long ago, I went home to visit uh, some family members. I hadn't seen these family members in a long time. I'm originally from Montreal, so I was going in to perform a wedding, actually for a family member, and I was getting together with some other family members. Super excited. Oh my goodness. I hadn't seen them in years. I had it all planned out. We were going to have dinner. Then we were going to hang together. We were going to chat. We were going to catch up. It was going to be fantastic. You see, I had what I did think was an unrealistic expectation, but I had an expectation. We were going to spend some quality time together. And I tell you what, it was everything but that. It was like an eat it and beat it deal. They didn't want to spend time with me. They wanted to eat, run, and leave. And I left that evening feeling so crushed, so disappointed, and I cried out to the Lord. And I said, but God, what? He said, you put an unrealistic expectation on them. You see, you had it all figured out, all planned, and you wanted this to happen, and it didn't, and so you're disappointed. You cannot get something from someone they cannot give. They're not even walking with the Lord. And I was expecting something else, but they couldn't give it. We need to detox from the unrealistic expectations we put on others. I'm telling you what, this kind of stuff can tear you up on the inside. And I didn't realize how I had been doing that in my life prior to this one substantial big hurt. And I finally realized, i got to go to God about this. What's going on? I'm devastated. And he told me, get rid of those unrealistic expectations. In Romans 13, 8, it says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Just love on people. Don't expect them, you know, even if you give love, don't even expect that love to be returned in the way you gave it. Yeah. Owe them nothing, just love them and expect nothing in return. If we can get that off, because listen, life is about relationships. We need each other. No one is to be an island. So if you're going to be in relationship, you're going to have things with it, people. And if I'm telling you, if you can detox from this, you're going to be spiritually light and free. Amen? Isn't that what we're looking for this year? We're going, we're in, we're 14, 15, 16, 17 days into the new year. This is a new year, guys. So let's get rid of those unrealistic expectations. Amen? All right. Number two, we need to detox from some wrong relationships. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33 it says do not be deceived bad company corrupts good character come on the people you hang out with become the people the person that you are whoever you surround yourself get ready that's who you're going to be you know i have a little saying here stay away from still people Still broke, still complaining, still hating, still making that no change, still living in the past, still making excuses. Come on! We need to stay away from those still people. It's time to shift out of that. There are some relationships in your life that God wants to shed even this year. Listen, we need to realize something about relationships. There's three kind of relationships that I like to talk about. One is 
A relationship can be for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. You need to discern what kind of relationship you're in with that person. Knowing this is going to help you to detox from the wrong relationships. So a relationship for a reason, well, real simple. There is a reason you have connected with this person. It could be because you need to share the gospel with them. You might have met them, and the reason is that they're going to connect you with someone else that you need for your destiny, right? There's a reason for that connect. It's a divine connection, possibly. So we have to understand there's a reason. There's also relationships that are for a season, so these relationships, they're not forever, but they're for a certain period of time. Sometimes that time is maybe a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. But they're for that season of time. And sometimes when we have these relationships and they're a deeper relationship and it's been a, a big season, and it turns out that, whoa, we thought this was a lifetime relationship, but it turns out to be a season that can be devastating sometimes. I've had that happen in my life as well. People real close to me, uh, Bible college friends that we graduated together, going into ministry together. But you know, and then all of a sudden, whew, something happens in your life that didn't happen in their life. And they can't walk now where you're walking because now they're jealous or now something's upset them. And you realize, whoa, you see these other feathers emerging and you're like, whoa. I didn't see that. I thought this relationship was for a lifetime, but oops, I see it's just for a season. We have to be able to discern what's what and be okay with that. Because honestly, not everybody can go where you're going. Maybe your walk with the Lord has increased in intensity. You know, maybe it's too much for that person now. Maybe they don't wanna hear you talking about God all the time. They don't wanna join you on that fast. They think you're too extreme. Well, it could be it's just for a season. Not everybody wants to uh, celebrate your accomplishments either. Jealousy will often show its face. And sometimes relationships can get toxic and they're just absolutely not healthy to be in anymore. And guys, it's about being healthy this year. Sometimes we stick in these relationships. They're only supposed to be a season. And we hang on and we hang on and we hope people will change and they don't. You've got to be okay with if God says, you know what, it's time to move on from this one. And it's not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I've spent hours crying, days upset when God has removed certain relationships out of my life. And he told me, Joanna, it was for a season. See, you thought it was a lifetime, but it was only a season. Amen. And then of course, we have those relationships that are for a lifetime. Hopefully your spouse, you know, your family members. And sometimes those are the toughest ones to be in. Look at Jesus, right? Come on. His own family didn't even really believe in who he really was in the beginning. What? Who is this guy? Is this really our brother? <laughs> you know? And his whole town didn't really believe him either. So we have to um, work on the lifetime relationships and know that there will be difficulties. But... When God's in the midst of your life, in the midst of your family, I'll tell you what, he's going to make a way. Amen? Okay, number three. We also need to detox from negative thinking and negative speaking. This is huge, guys. Whoa, come on. So many times we are releasing negative thoughts that come right down the brain and come right out through the mouth. We've got to get this out. 
This is a year to detox from the negative thinking and speaking. In Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I have more scriptures here, but the, the fact is this. We have to eliminate the toxic thoughts and words. I say it all the time. You are your own prophet. Yeah, we're going to do some prophetic ministry tonight. It's wonderful. I love the prophetic. I love when prophets come or, 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 or voices of, of the Lord come and minister and prophesy. I'm ready for a word all the time. But I have realized that I am my own prophet. I speak my world into destiny. What are you speaking over yourself? And it starts with a thought. But what does the word say? We've got to take those awful thoughts captive. Come on, get them out. And they start that way and they fester. If you don't get rid of it and get detoxed from it, it's going to make its way to your mouth and then it's alive. And then it has permission to activate in your life. Come on, guys, we got to get this in order. We've got to get rid of it. And you know what? Don't try and do this on your own. Go to the Lord. When I'm having that stinking thinking going on, if I find myself, my words not lining up the way they should line up and speak, I go to him. I ask for help. Deliver me, God. Minister to me. I'm sorry. Help me. Change my thinking. Change my, my mouth. Touch my lips with the coals like you touched Isaiah. Amen? Come on. Number four. We need to detox from complacency. Woo! You know what the definition of complacency is? It's a feeling of calm satisfaction with your own abilities or situation that prevents you from trying harder. See, we can become complacent in our relationship with the Lord. We can become complacent with coming to church and having fellowship with the brethren. We can come complacent in our marriages. We can become complacent in our workplace. We don't want to try harder. Ah, we're good. We're satisfied. I don't really need to go to church. I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to do my best at my, my desk, at my work. And we get complacent. But in Zephaniah 1.12, it says, At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, Ah, the Lord will not do good nor will he do ill. I'm not looking for any kind of punishment. <laughs> I want to stay hot. I want to stay fiery. I don't want to fall in a place of complacency. Shake yourself this year. Detox from the complacency. Start going into work every day, making those declarations. It's going to be a good day today. I am anointed. God, you're with me. I'm going to do my best today. Every day. See, listen, your life is a combination of choices you make every day. You want a new life, you got to make some new choices. you got to do some new things. And if you find yourself complacent, 
even coming to church. Listen, I'm a pastor. My husband, I pastor. My husband says hello, by the way. I have an amazing, gorgeous husband, 15 years married. I have a little boy, Malachi. He's 12. They're out shopping tonight. I heard my son say, will you take me to Toys R Us tonight, Dad? So they're out having a boys' night. It's wonderful. Where did I go with that? I have no idea. A little rabbit trail there. Complacent. We can grow complacent. <laughs> but I don't want to, and neither should you. Keep the passion hot. Go to the Lord. Ask him to stoke the fires. Oh, that's where I was going. That we pastor a church. And, you know, sometimes we can see our congregation members getting complacent. Ah, the weather's too bad. I can't go to church. Ah, I'm too tired tonight. Ah, I'll just watch online. Right? We have to gather together. There's many scriptures. I'll pass through them. I won't read them tonight, but it's important to gather together. It's important to keep our relationship hot with the Lord. Amen? So no more complacency. That was number four. Number five, we need to detox from the fear, the worry, the stress, the anxiety. These are major things that I see when people come for deliverance ministry, like Pastor Ramesh mentioned. I do do that one-on-one personal ministry. People come and see me at my office in Hamilton, uh, and we uh, pray for them. And I, and I pray for Christians. I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about born-again, blood-washed believers that love the Lord. And one of the things that I see on the rise, one of the things I see a lot of Christians struggling with is the fear, the anxiety, the stress. They're having anxiety. They're on pills. They're not sleeping at night. They're, they're having insomnia because of the anxiety. We've got to get rid of that. Listen, do you know that medical doctors tell you that you've got to get your stress levels down or it'll kill you. That's what they say. I mean, the medical doctors know that. That's what they're telling the people. Your stress levels are too high. Your blood pressure is too high. You've got to keep the stress down. You've got to keep the stress down. It's going to put you in the grave. We've got to get rid of it. It's a spirit. When I pray for them, those spirits leave. And they get set free. And peace comes. And sleep comes. We're going to detox from that. Amen? Just a few scriptures, 2 Timothy 1, 7. <clears throat> For God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power and of love and of self-control. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Amen? Number six. We need to detox from the anger, the rage, and the strife. I'd say that's number two. A lot of Christians are angry. Feel angry. Whether they're displaying it or it's suppressed, it's there. Uh, listen, I'm not exempt. I've got to deal with my anger too. You know, sometimes anger can get you. You know, it can jump on you. You can get frustrated. But it's what you do with it. Yeah. Right? It's not you don't blow your temper or slam things or start cursing. No, 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 no. When I find myself getting a little, I back away. I get quiet. I get quiet. Sometimes, there's, sometimes there are situations where people are fused up and there's strife going on, there's anger, and I can feel it in the room. And that thing wants to jump on me. I back away. And I get quiet and I pray. We have to be, this is a sidetrack here, but we have to be very aware of, your, of our surroundings, you know. Sometimes we're walking around, we're thinking it's us, but it's something we have felt or something we're around, something that's, that person is carrying, and that thing has, has transferred and we are feeling the anger and the rage that they're walking in. And if you, you know, why do couples fight? 
if one couple could be just real upset, has a lot of anger, and they're, you know, venting, and if you're the other part of that couple, and you choose not to jump into it and get into that fight, and you just get quiet, and you just back off, that thing will get diffused. You've got to use wisdom, too. But the anger, the rage has to go. And that stuff's transferred, too. I'll never forget. <laughs> Most families have anger. I'll tell you what, bitterness is like number two on my list of casting devils out. But I'll never forget my son. You see, my, before my husband and I conceived, we made sure we went through lots of ministries. Is this okay if I tell you this? So, we, you know, I like to get deliverance ministry myself. I always go for tune-ups. And so before my husband and I... Um, conceived our baby we decided we we're going to go through lots of ministry we wanted to get as clean as possible before we conceived uh, a baby and so we did that and yet still I gave birth to my son and I remember he was just a little infant and he was having a fit he was up and I looked in his eyes and guess what I saw anger I mean I saw that and he was a baby I mean I cast that thing out of him right away being a deliverance minister I was like I'm like looking at this sweet job. I'm seeing this anger in his eyes. And I'm like, oh gosh, how did this happen? I guess it came through still somehow. We didn't get clean enough. Guys, these are things, you know, there's layers to deliverance ministry too. It's not just once and then you're completely like, holy. It's like a work in progress. We're working our salvation out, right? Come on. And so I saw this anger in him. I dealt with it. He's a calm, sweet boy. He I'll tell you what, he doesn't have anger. I dealt with it right there as a baby. Gone. He is a sweet boy. God loves you so much, you know. You're his baby. You're his child. He wants you free. He wants you in a peaceful place. He wants you liberated from the things that are causing you to be toxic. So we're going to make sure we get rid of that anger, that rage, that strife. Number seven is we need to detox from the doubt and unbelief. You know, in Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It's really important that we get rid of that doubt and unbelief because it'll block up and stop up what God wants to do for your future. As a Christian, everything we receive is by faith. We need to be walking in high levels of faith if we're going to see the miraculous, if we're going to see souls coming to Christ, if we're going to see limbs grow out, if we're going to see people set free. We've got to have no more of this doubt and unbelief that wants to clog us up. Listen, God has miracles waiting for you. But often... We let these thoughts, this negativity, this, oh, it can't happen for me, and it clouds everything. And we can't step in to the realm he wants us to step into, which is faith. You know, we have our head is our, you know, it's our soul, right? Which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. See, your heart is where the spirit is. And what we have to do is we have to get out of our head, our mind, our will, our will up, down, emotions. No, we got to let the Spirit of God begin to lead us because your head will talk you out of it. Talk you right out of it. You know, when my husband and I received that Miracle House 11 years ago, there was so much doubt and unbelief around us, not even within us. We were believing the promise God had laid on our hearts that we would be income, uh, we would own a property 
And it was financially impossible, yet we had a dream. And we would build our faith up and we would visit these beautiful homes. You know, it was a big miracle that happened in our home, but so many people around us had so much doubted unbelief because they knew our financial situation. They knew we were missionaries at the time. We were youth pastors with zero income. How are you going to own a house? Settle for a fixer-upper in downtown Hamilton. You know, one of those uh, crack houses, maybe, and turn it around for good. No, that's not our style. We like new things, nice things. We're believing for a brand new home. Impossible, impossible. So much doubt and unbelief. I had to hang up the phone on certain people. I had to not allow certain people to come into where we were living because there was nothing but doubt and unbelief. And you know, I have to be honest, there was someone I really looked up to, someone I really admired, and I shared the vision, and they were full of doubt and unbelief. And because I valued their opinion so much, more than even what God, I didn't realize that I had put this person in a very high place when I shouldn't have. See, we can do that sometimes. We can idolize people. Please don't. May when you look at me, all you see is Jesus, because I'm just a woman. I put my pants on just like you, one leg at a time. Right? But anyways, this person... <laughs> That's a great place to take a water break. <laughs> Anyways, this person couldn't think, imagine that this could, that we were off. We were off. How is this going to happen? Full of doubt and unbelief. And when he sowed that seed of doubt and unbelief, I'll tell you what it did. It did affect me. I felt like I went right there in the room when he said it. And I was kind of in a low for a little while. And I had to work myself back up in the Lord and in my faith with him, with God. And he began to speak to me again. And I had to pluck that seed. It was like a seed that had gotten in. I had to pluck it out myself and say, go. I had to forgive the person. And I'll tell you what, hmm, We've been living in a beautiful home for 11 years. Gorgeous. Miracle home. Brand new home. No fixer-upper. But actually, it's in a very affluent area now because when we first got in, it was uh, cornfields. Who wanted to live in that area? But now, boom, 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 people from Toronto are coming to live where I live. And they commute in because it's such a nice neighborhood. God set us up. There's equity now financial stability he wants to do the same for you but you're gonna have to get the doubt and unbelief out amen we got a detox from it okay number eight we need to detox from the comparison that's a big one too the comparison see in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Some translations say they are unwise. Paul's critics commended themselves, measured themselves by their own personal opinions. They compared themselves with each other. But the word of God says when we compare ourselves with, with one another, we are acting in an unwise way. See, when we compare ourselves... What happens is, what can begin to happen in our lives is, and this is toxic stuff. I'm talking about getting detox. Stop comparing yourself with others. Stop it. Because what can happen is all these insecurities begin to come in. 
Oh, you look at someone else. Oh, I wish I looked like her. I wish I spoke like her. I wish I da 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 And we begin to now feel insecure about our own abilities, our own, and we feel inferior because we're always looking at someone else. We begin to get a false view of ourselves. Jealousies can begin to emerge, right? Even discouragement, competitiveness. I hate to see when the body of Christ is being competitive with each other. Stop! We're to work together. You have a gift, I don't have. You have a talent, I don't have. If I can learn to partner with you and say, hey, use what you got and I'll use what I have and bang, we got something going on here. We got a team, we got a force. Come on. We've got to get the comparison out, the jealousies. If you struggle with jealousy, repent tonight. Get it under the blood. It will ruin you. You'll never begin to flow in what God has for you because you're too busy looking at everyone else and examining yourself in comparison to them. And you'll be stagnant and stuck. Detox from it tonight. Amen? I'm going to pray a gentle prayer at the end, and we're going to just believe that that lifts, and then I'm going to move into some prophetic ministry. But I'm going to go through all ten of these, and I'm going to be asking you to just partner with that and let that stuff go tonight. Because I want you to come in tomorrow a little more lighter. Amen? Amen. Okay, number nine. We're almost done here. We're going to detox from the rebellion and the anti-submission. Okay, in Psalm 68, 6, it says, God settles the celerity in a home. He leads out the prisoners to property. But the rebellious dwell in a parched land. When we are in a place of rebellion and anti-submission, our lives are dry. Dry, parched, no growth, stagnant. When we're rebellious, things don't go well. We're stuck. Romans 13, 1 to 3, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Let's get that rebellious spirit out, that anti-submission. We need to begin to respect and honor authority, there's nothing wrong with the word submissive either. To be submissive is a good thing. It means to come under the protection. I, I have accountability in my life. I have a pastor. I have leaders, apostolic leaders that I am accountable to. I submit to them. They, I have to be in alignment. I cannot be out of alignment. Then I am a target for the devil. We all have to have a pastor in our lives. It's important. I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is really important. Listen, I understand. I've ministered to hundreds of people. A lot of us are hurt. And we have been hurt by people in authority, whether it was our parents, was there a teacher. And so what happens is we carry this hurt into our adult life. And now we come into the presence of a pastor or leader or, or, or a civil servant, even in someone in authority, and we're angry. We have this resentment. We don't trust authority. We think they're going to hurt us, so we won't submit. We say, no, I'm not going to listen to you. Oh, you can tell me all you want, but I won't do it. Because we have been hurt, and there's no trust. But God wants to set you free from that. Because what ends up happening is you get damaged. He brings healing in a place of family. You will get healed. Is this your church? Praise the Lord. You have phenomenal pastors. You see, we all have blind spots, too. 
You know, when you're driving in the road, there's a blind spot. You can't see who's in your blind spot. I tell you what, your pastor can see it. They can see things you can't see in yourself. That's why we need to allow leaders to speak into our lives, to address issues that maybe they see. And you have to be able to trust. Now, I know there's been abuses, of course, but we've got to get healed from those. There are good people serving the Lord. There are good leaders. And it's, it's really a condition of your heart, too. You know, you need to respect uh, officers, people at the border, uh, the teachers. You know, my son is in elementary school, and I've seen a big shift. You know, now the, the parents are always getting mad at the teachers, telling the teachers what to do. Their kid's always right. Are you kidding? I tell my kid, you submit to that teacher. You don't lip to her. You listen to her. You be obedient. She is your teacher. I am teaching my son to respect the teacher. But a lot of times there's households that are not like that. They're saying, what did the teacher do? I'm, I'm going to write a note to that teacher. That teacher shouldn't tell you to do that. You know? And there's a war. And what does that kid grow up thinking? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to respect the authority in my life. And we're, we're setting them up for failure. So we have to begin to be people that first can submit to authority, get that rebellion out, get that anti-submission, and teach the next generation to do the same. Amen? Okay, last one, number 10. This is a big one. We need to detox from the people-pleasing and the fear of man. This will stop you guys. This will block you and stop you. Too many of us, see, we're afraid. We're afraid of, of what man thinks of us. I have a quote I want to read to you here. If you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. Let me read that again. If you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. Proverbs 29:25 says, fearing people, it's a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Colossians 3, 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. See, the fear of man is being more impressed with man's reactions to our action than with God's reaction. You are more impressed with pleasing your neighbor, pleasing your pastor, pleasing, you know, it's, sorry. <laughs> you know, we care too much what people think. And we don't care enough with what God thinks. I'll give you a perfect example of fearing man. How many of us talk to our neighbors about the Lord? We're because we, good, I do too. <laughs> but sometimes that fear of man grips me as well. Because I know like, you know, it's, sometimes it's easier to talk to or witness to someone you know you're just going to meet here across the cash. You know, you might not see them again, picking up your coffee or whatever. But your neighbor, ooh, they live right beside you. And we get afraid to share the gospel or to talk to them or because what if they think you're weird? You're more concerned about what they think of you than what God wants you to do or what God thinks of you. We've got to change that, guys. Yes. We've got to become more bold. We've got to begin to have a fear of the Lord. We've got to begin to know that it's, it's more important what God thinks of you than anybody else. We've got to detox from that fear of man. It's a bondage. It's an absolutely, it's a bondage. Let me ask you a few questions to identify maybe if you're suffering from a little bit of fear of man, okay? Are you overcommitted? Is it hard for you to say no even when wisdom indicates you should? A lot of times people have a hard time saying no.
Because you know what? When you say no to someone, they don't like that. Everybody wants to hear a yes, my, myself included. I'd like to hear a yes. Can I ask, can you do that for me? No? Okay. No? You sure? I really want you to say yes. We all want everybody to say yes. We need help. We need things. Someone to but you need to say no sometimes. My family and I, we've chosen to say no quite a few times. Because, you know, we raised our son up in ministry. And sometimes it was not convenient and still is not convenient for our family. So sometimes we have to say no. We can't. Our son has this or it's not, I, I can't work late or I won't be able. We have to say no. And we have to not be afraid if they're upset. Because you know what? I don't want to go and save the world if I can't even be there for my own family. We get this out of balance sometimes as ministers. Everything about everybody else, ministering to everybody else, but yet I need to still minister to my family. My family is important. Listen, there's an order. It's God then your spouse and family, and then it's career or ministry. Not the other way around. Sometimes people put ministry over God. Let's get the order right. Is this making sense? Do I have any ministers in the room? Come on, you're all ministers, because we're all priests under the Lord. You are a minister. You're going to have to keep your life in order. There's, it, it might not even be for ministry. It might be at the job. Maybe you have a very stressful job. Boss always wants you there late. But your wife is suffering, your children are suffering, and you're not saying no. You've got to learn to say no. And if you get that fear of man out, you're going to be able to say no. Amen? Um, does your, here's another question, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap it up. Does your life revolve around what others think of you? Are you consumed with what people think of you? Are you always second-guessing decisions based on what others think? So you've made a decision, but then now someone's got their opinion, and now you're like, oh, you're wavering. But do, 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 do. stop. Did you make your decision? Did God tell you what to do? Then you've got to stick there. doesn't matter what people think or say. Everybody was saying, don't move out of your, your apartment. And you're never going to get this house. That was their opinion. That was what their doubt and unbelief. I couldn't side with that. We have to get the fear of man out. Amen? Okay. Are you guys ready to get rid of all 10 of these? So we're going we're gonna to practice a little bit of deep breathing. <laughs> and I'm going to just very softly just command some of these things to detox from us. And then we're going to move into a little bit of prophetic ministry. Is that all right? Let's pray first. Father, Lord, I have delivered the word that you shared with me today, which you told me to share. And Lord God, I thank you that it is your will and your desire that we detox this year, that we have a spiritual detox, that the things, Father Lord, that I even listed tonight, I'm asking that they just begin to lift off the people here tonight. Father Lord, if there's been any kind of unrealistic expectations, God, that we have been uh, holding uh, against others, Lord, if we've had unrealistic expectations, would you just set us free from that right now? In Jesus' name, Lord, we just repent, first of all, for having 
having those unrealistic expectations. And I ask God that you would just liberate us. Lord, if there's been any kind of wrong relationships that we're in, Jesus, set us free from them, God. Lord, we need to understand that relationships are for a reason, a season, and a lifetime, God. And if you're desiring to cut some relationships out because they're toxic, we give you permission. We give you permission. Just remove them out of our lives this year. And Father, Lord God, I'm asking right now that you would set us free from any kind of negative thinking or negative speaking, Lord. God, forgive us for the times where we, we've, we've dwelled on negative thoughts, Lord, and, and then we voice them. And Father, Lord, it's wreaked havoc in our lives, Lord, and we've spoken negative things. Jesus, forgive us. Everybody breathing deep, and we just ask right now, you release us right now. Detoxify us now from that negative thinking and stinking, Lord. Stinking, thinking, and, and speaking, Lord. Just set us free right now from that. And Lord God, even the complacency, where we have grown complacent, I command a spirit of complacency to lift off the body of Christ. No more complacency, Lord. Wash us in your blood. Lord, where there's been fear and stress and anxiety, oh God, Set us free right now. All those spirits right now that make us anxious and fearful and, and stressed out. Jesus. Lift it in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Everybody breathing deep and roll your shoulders. Lord, where people have even been having like stress on the shoulders to do with fears and anxieties and stress. Let that lift off the shoulders. In Jesus' name, Father, Lord, right now, I ask God that you would remove any kind of anger or rage or strife, things that want to attack us, make us angry and frustrated. And, and Lord God, set us free right now. In Jesus' name, let all that anger and all that rage, all that strife go. In Jesus' name. And Father, Lord, right now, all the doubt and unbelief, that spirit of doubt and unbelief, I command that to go. It's trying to stop your people from moving in the miraculous. And so, Lord, Lord, I ask right now that you'd release everybody in this room now. Everybody breathe deep from the doubt and unbelief. And even the words that have been spoken over them that were full of doubt and unbelief. Let them lift right now. Lift with a breath. Get out of this church. Get off of your people. Ooh, Jesus, we thank you right now for the liberation and all kinds of comparison lord we repent for comparison lord when we have compared ourselves and then jealousies have emerged jesus would you forgive us from that that sin and lord release us now from any spirits of comparison that want to block and stop the body of christ from working in unity let it lift now all the comparison goes and the rebellion and the anti-submission anti leaves too in Jesus name any kind of rebellion anti-submission anything that would be inside of us that would say I won't listen to you I won't do it lift in Jesus name and Lord the last one the fear of man oh God many of us we've been trapped more concerned with, with other people's opinion than yours. So Father, would you free us from that now? All the fear of man leaves in Jesus' name. Everybody breathing deep. Many of you are yawning, that's wonderful. I love how God's been bringing mild deliverance. It's beautiful through breath and breathing and yawning. It leaves in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. All that fear of man goes. Ooh, Jesus, I give you praise. Send some more angels right now, Lord, just to sweep and cleanse each one of us, to sweep and cleanse this building. Lord, liberate us, Lord. I pray, God, that we would truly detox from these negative things, Lord God, that we would never be the same even after tonight. So we thank you for your deliverance power in this place. We thank you for your freedom in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray a little bit more. I'm going to prophesy in a minute. But if you feel like you've been struggling with hearing the voice of the Lord, I want you to actually put your fingers in your ears. It's almost like your ears feel plugged in the natural, but also you're having trouble with hearing God's voice. Many of you. Okay. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command that spirit right now, any kind of Jezebel spirits, any kind of witchcraft spirits, anything right now connected to a, a Leviathan that would want to block and stop the voice of God, I command it to loose. Now take your hands out of your ears. Loose their ears now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, Lord. I ask, Lord God, that you would begin to speak very clearly, that they would begin to hear you, see you, know you, feel you, discern you, Lord. So I thank you right now for setting them free right now from any kind of blockages in their ears and also ringing in the ears. If you've been having ringing in your ears, put your hands back in your ears. Yes, God wants to heal you from that right now, Pastor Ramesh. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command any spirits right now that are lodged up in the ears that are causing ringing in the ear, I command that to unlock now in Jesus' name. By the power of God, I command spirits to loose in the name of the Lord Jesus out of the ears. All ringing, leave and healing come. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Some of you, you're, you're having stomach pain. I'm feeling some pain in my stomach. I don't know if it's bloating, upset stomach, cramping. If that's you, you're going to put your hand on your stomach and just believe God to set you free in your intestines right now. Some stomach issues going on. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father Lord, I command spirits now that have been lodged up in the stomach that are causing stomach pain, bloating, cramping, almost like twisting of, of, of intestines that I'm seeing right now, that twisting. I command that to untwist, to unravel, and healing to come to the stomach every spirit of infirmity lifts in jesus name in jesus name everybody breathing deep oh father lord just let your peace begin to come and settle in this place father lord i just thank you god for liberating us here tonight and lord i'm asking even now that you would just begin to send even more angels in here Father, Lord, I plead your precious blood. Lord, I thank you, Lord, even for now releasing a prophetic anointing in this house. Lord God, I thank you for the prophetic words, Lord. One thing before we move on, some shoulder pain, right shoulder. I don't know if that's inflammation, some kind of bursitis going on, but there's some pain in the joints in the shoulder. Just rub your, roll your shoulders for me. God's just gonna unlock that for you. You know, he, every time Jesus ministered, he brought healings. He's still the same. He wants to heal bodies. He wants to liberate us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. I brought some resources tonight. I want to tell you about them. Um, I used to be shy about talking about them, but I'm not because I get such amazing feedback about how they're helping people. And that's why I think God had me write these books. 
because I never thought I could write. And here, I've got two books, and I want to tell you about them real quick, and I've got some USBs back there. But the first book I wrote is called Can a Christian Have a Demon? I've got some at the back there, uh, but it answers more than that question. Really, it's a bunch of amazing tools that you can implement in your life to walk free deliverance strategies. Uh, so many times we have open doors, we don't even realize it. Uh, so I think this book's going to help you. 